0: Nate Tinner Williams is a millennial black Catholic with a passion for theology, history, music, writing, and justice. He is also a theology grad slash nerd and loves to engage in the new evangelization through the internet. A lifelong Christian, he is always looking to discover just how deep and how wide the church truly is. A Midwesterner at heart, he has sworn off winters for most of the past decade and lives in New Orleans with a Catholic young adult intentional community. He has also resided in Los Angeles, San Francisco, China, and Korea. Nate begins the seminary this year with the Josephites, the one and only religious order whose charism is to serve African Americans, and is studying for his Master of Theology at the Institute for Black Catholic Studies at Xavier University of Louisiana, the one and only Catholic HBCU. Nate is also one of the founders of the Black Catholic online newspaper, The Black Catholic Messenger, which you can find on Instagram at BlackCatholicMessenger and on Twitter at B-L-K-C-A-T-H-Stories. So without further ado, here's Nate Tinner-Williams.
1: I'm not a cradle Catholic. When I was at the age of screaming at bedtime, I was in the Missionary Baptist Church where my dad was a pastor and my godfather was a pastor and my grandfather was also a pastor, though he had passed by the time I was born. And they were all at the same church, Mount Zion Missionary Baptist Church. So I was raised there for the first 10 years of my life. And after that, we kind of shuffled around a couple of different churches for a couple of years then my dad got another pastor gig at a Methodist church, but it was a black Methodist church. So we did things a little different. And then American Baptist when I was in high school, uh, that was the church my mom went to after my parents split up. So I also went to non-denominational churches when I went to college and continued to do that until I graduated then I was Southern Baptist for a couple of years. Then I was non-denominational again and I started going to house churches for a really short while when I lived in San Francisco two years ago. And then I switched teams a little bit. I visited an Orthodox church for the first time. I'd been to an Orthodox wedding not an Orthodox Sunday service and I went on Christmas to my first Orthodox service. And it was great. It was, it was like water. I think like water to a person who's never had water. And so I just had so many questions like what was going on. So I started meeting with the priest there for a couple of months and he kind of made me not Protestant anymore to put it simply. And then after I stopped being Protestant, I had to decide if I was going to be Orthodox or Catholic because all my friends in the Bay area were Catholic. Part of me didn't want to let them down, but another part of me was like, I got to figure out what's actually true. And eventually I decided, I realized Catholicism is true. And I started going to an Eastern Catholic church, and then I discovered Black Catholicism. Started reading a bunch about that, and I started going to Black Catholic churches. And that's what I've been doing for the past, a little bit over a year now. I got confirmed last December, but I was going to Mass for about nine months before that. I love almost everything about being Catholic. And what drew me to Catholicism and Orthodoxy at that time was that I just realized I had been so opposed to tradition in an illogical way. And when it became clear to me that what I was looking for was not the absence of tradition, but rather full and true and supportable tradition that, you know, was more like rock than sand, I was like, there's no other choice other than orthodoxy or Catholicism, you know, churches with sacraments and priests and bishops and that whole shebang. I realized I needed that if I was going to call myself a Christian and not just a Christian, but one who's like knowledgeable. It's one thing to not be Catholic or Orthodox because you don't know any better. It's another thing to, you know, do all the reading and still say no to what you realize is true. Yeah. The truth attracted me. You know, one thing that I was really searching for before I became Catholic was church community where it wasn't just Sundays, because when I was growing up, we were at church a lot, and I didn't value that. And when I became an adult, I was like, I was really craving that. But not all Protestant churches are really like that. And certainly the ones I was in were not really like that. And there were not a ton of opportunities to you know, get together with people that you see on Sunday. So... In Catholicism, one thing that's been really cool is the fact that you can go to church every day, which may not be like super community oriented. You may not be chit-chatting with a ton of people after, uh, after daily mass, but even so, like there's that opportunity. There's certainly that. I, I think that's a major benefit of Catholicism. And for a while, really up until the pandemic, I was going to mass every day because A, I live in a city where it's definitely possible there's churches everywhere, and B, because when I lived in San Francisco, it was so enriching for me to just go every day, to be in that routine and to experience the Mass. Even for most of the time that I was attending, I wasn't a, I wasn't confirmed yet, so I couldn't receive the Eucharist, but it was still awesome to be there every day. So that's one thing I really love is daily Mass. And I don't think a lot of Catholics go, but I think people that can should because that's awesome. Why would they have it unless it was meant to benefit us and bring us closer to becoming saints ourselves? Speaking of saints, I do not really have a favorite saint. However, Saint Francis, his feast day is on my birthday and he was probably the first saint I ever asked for help because my friends told me that I should and I think he had a major part in me becoming a Catholic and applying for the priesthood. So shout out to St. Francis, even if I'm not ready to call him my favorite Saint yet, he's been very helpful. Most Black people in America are not Catholic. It's kind of hard to find that balance between Black Christianity, the Black church, and Catholicism. Thankfully, they're not totally separate now, but at the same time, you know, you feel like you're living in two worlds that don't quite overlap and um that can be tough and especially in the catholic church where most people are white and white and black relations in america have been tense pretty much from the get-go in america it can be difficult and they're still tense now even within the church unfortunately so i guess when i practice catholicism in a black way sometimes i feel like i'm less catholic and when i practice Catholicism, you know, in a more generic American way, or if I go to that kind of parish, or, you know, just generally don't express my blackness, you know, you can start to feel less black. Granted, I don't think any of those feelings are necessarily accurate, but, you know, perception is everything, they say. So that's one difficult thing. But I do want to reiterate that I'm glad that, you know, that there is a black Catholicism now. And you know, I can go to a parish where I sing the songs that I grew up with. And the church says, go right ahead. These songs are the way that you worship God. So it's fine to sing them. And that's that's a beautiful thing for me. When I discovered that, it kind of, in a lot of ways, sealed the deal for me for Catholicism, knowing that I didn't have to give up Black Christianity to become a Catholic Christian. I do love history and research and writing, and those things have already come in handy. As a Black Catholic, I've been doing quite a bit of writing on the topic, and I just did my first video on the topic over this past weekend. I gave a talk at a retreat that my friends were putting on in Bay Area, so that was cool. Being able to use my gifts and the things that I already know and the things that I'm learning more about now to teach people about Black Catholicism has been really awesome. You know, we have so many people doing that in Black Catholicism, so it's not like I'm special in any sort of way, but I enjoy doing it, and if I can bring a perspective that's unique, I certainly want to do that. and. I hope that what I've been doing so far is is bringing that. I also love music, and music is an important part of everybody's Christianity, but Black Christianity, perhaps, in a special way. I am really passionate about the way that Black Catholics use music In the mass and outside of mass. And you know, I think there's definitely more. What I want to say is there's more work to be done, but that kind of sounds like it might be disparaging the work that's already been done. But I do think that there's new and even more exciting ways that we can use music in Black Catholicism. So I'm excited to help with that in any way that I can in the future. Maybe I'm dreaming, but. We shall see. And I'm also applying for the priesthood, so I guess the gifts required for that are important as well. Hopefully I have them and the Josephites agree to accept me. If they do, then that's some more gifts that I bring to the table. Something that I happen to be thinking about lately is the fact that Catholics like to focus a lot or talk a lot about the fact that, you know, the gates of hell will not prevail against the church and usually they're saying to correct someone who suggests you know that like if we don't do this thing or if we do do this bad thing you know the church is going to collapse and you know foolishness but it's a good reminder that satan will not prevail against the church however i think for the black catholic we shouldn't take that to mean that satan will not prevail against Black Catholicism or that, you know, Black Catholicism is guaranteed to exist forever just because, just because there is work to be done to preserve our traditions. So for those who attend historically Black parishes who support Black Catholic schools and just generally are down with that movement, it's on us to keep it going especially as young people. The work that our ancestors and living legends put in, they got us to where we are and it's on us and then it's going to be on our kids. For those, again, who are are down with that and want it to continue, it's on us to make sure that happens. There's always going to be work to do to keep it alive, to keep it thriving.